Welcome to the Seriously Social Podcast with your host, Simone Douglas. This episode features an interview with educator Kylie Henningsen. Podcast. Uh, I'm joined from, with a very good friend of mine who I've known for nearly eight years, well actually over eight years now, Kylie Henningsen from MITS. So um, Kylie, maybe you can just give us the Cliff Notes version um, about your journey to the Red Chairs. So my journey to the Red Chairs uh, came about when you put the lovely post up on LinkedIn that yeah. you were looking at talking to people from interesting backgrounds, yeah. um, uh, predominantly related to marketing and, and social media, etc. Yeah. Um, I've spent three decades working in, in adult and vocational education. Yeah. A lot of what I've had to do in my positions has actually been marketing and advertising. Yeah. And of course, the, the huge rise of social media that now impacts our industry. So I put my threw my hat in the ring and said, I'm happy to come along and have a chat to you about marketing, adult and vocational education. Yeah. and where we see ourselves coming out of the post-COVID-19 yeah. scenario and, and how that's really going to impact our sector and, of course, impact how we market. Absolutely. And I think, you know, there are so many interesting points with that because having worked with you in the vet sector um, and in a small RTO, like just the amount of stress and pressure naturally falling on trainers and managers and things, you know, and compliance... Um, really gets in the way of, I think, them enjoying the process of educating their students, which is what attracts people to training in the first place, I think. Absolutely. And you've touched on a really good point, is that there tends to be a trend in the vocational education sector where owners and boards of management have this unrealistic expectation that an RTO manager has the inbuilt skills to be able to market and advertise which not necessarily do they actually have those so consequently they're writing copy and Mm -hmm. writing narratives that are probably a bit less than ideal Mm -hmm. Um, and I think what it really shows the value of hiring a, an organisation such as yourself where you have that inbuilt expertise to be able to come in and look at the business as a whole, identify exactly where the the marketing and or advertising needs to be focused on and to develop some really good copy. Mm. Um, one of the, I, I was one of the f- probably first people I think who purchased I your think book you were, yeah. <laughs> um, and I've got it with me today and there's lots of tags in it but one of the most important um, points I wanted to draw from that is We've gone away from this humanistic narrative. A lot of um, adult and vocational education um, providers, if you look at them and put all of their marketing together, a lot of them are doing exactly the same thing. They're bombarding the potential student with lots of questions. They're making the assumption that the student is going to be able to answer all of those questions in a logical order Mm. and then make a connection with wanting to enrol with your registered training organisation. It's not necessarily the case. Yeah, and I know I'm really always attracted to the stories that sit behind a business. And I think there is a huge opportunity for training providers in particular um, to do a better job of telling their story through their people, I think. Absolutely, and I think that's um, uh, one area where 
Um, I'm very much against using stock photos yeah, in same. websites, especially when you've already got this awesome base of students mm. that you can utilise. You've got your training facilities, you've got all your back of house staff, you've got your wonderful reception area, your training rooms, all yeah. of that, all of those different environments that you can draw on. And especially if you're looking at international students, their parents are the ones who are predominantly making that decision. Yeah. So they're going, they're connecting with the sites that they're going on where they're actually seeing what is happening mm. and the environment that their son or daughter may be actually going into. Um, so the more that you draw on that and utilise that to you know, the best um, effectiveness that you can, the better it is for your potential student market, mm. but also it's a, a, a way of advertising and marketing that substantiates and sort of sets yourself in the um, environment. Yeah. Adelaide very much is on who you know. Yeah, totally is. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's who you know, who have you worked for, yeah. and what does the industry say about you? Yeah, in, in registered training, absolutely. And I think in, in all industries, like it, it, that story is the same, but the RTO industry is like very tight. Like, you know, even still having been out of it now for eight years, but it was, you know, always fascinating to me. You know, if I was interviewing someone or I was, you know, looking at a trainer or something and I'd get a phone call like the week, the week of all of that happening from the RTO manager at another RTO going, I hear so-and-so has applied with you, you know, just letting you know you might want to not do that or you know their compliance levels were not fantastic or their student outcomes or or the opposite going I hear you know so and so has applied to train with you just so you know they have been absolutely fantastic for me they're a contract trainer they do x y and z so it's I think that um in RTO land um they're exceptional networkers internally I don't know that they're so good at networking externally a lot of people but they're very good in those internal networks. How have you grown? Because you are good at networking externally. So how have you gone about growing your external networks, you know, into industry sectors and things like that? I am probably lucky that I have always been the type of person that could, as my parents would say, you could sell ice to the Eskimos. Yeah. Um, so I've always had that sort of gregarious outgoing yeah. um, nature. I think capitalising on using those skills at attending a lot of the PD events that oh, happen okay. yeah. in South Australia and going up and saying hi to people, yeah. introducing yourself, where do you come from, find out where they are, what they're doing and you create those connections because as you said the RTO world is very tight. Yeah. So you'll end up seeing those people at every single trainer provider forum, yeah. at every single ASCA briefing, yeah. at every single um, professional development um, session that they schedule at EDC Yeah. and you'll see them time and time and time again yeah so um it establishing those connections and then building on those relationships yeah. um it is not so easy for some people to sell themselves um and i understand that i think to assist people with doing that is breaking down what your skills are to their basic form and um highlighting what your strengths are what are you really good at not everybody is really good at the public speaking, yeah. but then you might be absolutely excellent at designing 
training material. Yeah. Um, you may be an excellent trainer and assessor, but you don't manage compliance too well. Mm. Working out where your strengths and weaknesses lie, so do a SWOT analysis yeah, on yeah. yourself. Yeah, they're nice. always still handy. And yeah. They're still beneficial, and the opportunities will um, identify for you where you can build your strengths. Yeah. And there's so many different professional development opportunities that are available to everybody that yeah. doesn't cost you the earth. A lot of them are free, um, and there is no such thing as you you know everything. You keep no, learning so in, in this sector like yeah. you do with the rest of life. Um, especially when you're dealing with a federal regulator that keeps moving the goalposts oh, yeah. quite regularly. Um, and as of the 1st of July, they've moved the goalposts slightly again. Yes, they have. <laughs> of course. So if you were going to, um, let's test my RTO language, it's been a while. <laughs> so if you were delivering a certificate three in networking so this is like an entry level qual yep um what would be the five main performance criteria that you might attach to that type of qualification so i'm hoping there isn't a training package attached to networking so we're just playing hypothetical here yeah no not yet there yeah. isn't <laughs> definitely not yet um of course the first thing is going to be effective communication yeah um air. secondly will be relationship building um teamwork um, a lot of the soft transferable skills, so conflict resolution, negotiation, um, relationship building, yeah. like I said, effective um, communication, knowledge and understanding of your industry. Yeah. You need to be able to walk the walk and talk the talk, yeah. especially if you're wanting to branch out as a sol- solo. Yeah. Um, you need to, your clients are paying you and relying on you to give them. Um, absolute competent advice Um, being able to um, I suppose actually do presentations yeah if you're networking presentation skills um, work on your public speaking Uh, even some of the really simple things about knowing how to present yourself Mm. Um, knowing when where why who and what before you walk in the into the situation so being prepared doing your groundwork yeah. and your research beforehand. So I think a lot of those performance criteria would be really important when they develop that when training package because it's only a matter of time. It surely is. Yeah. Or at least so it's kind of funny because the um a lot of the things that you've just mentioned is is stuff in my new book that will be released in about another five months. So it's about um, you know, emotional intelligence having the capacity to read a room, understanding when you're taking up too much oxygen. So Mm -hmm. reading the body language that tells you that you should shut up now. Mm -hmm. Uh, But also, you know, the best networkers are the glue in a conversation in a group of people. So I personally think that a great, um, what's the word, acid test of competence is watch the person in the room when they're in a group of five or more people of different personality subsets because if they can maintain that conversation in a way that everybody gets to speak and everybody gets heard then that's the sign of a master networker I think. Absolutely and the person who can draw out information from the person who's the most timid um, by getting them to um, to um, feel that they are participating that they're an integral member of that little subgroup yeah but it's interesting, as you said, about knowing when the oxygen starts to run out. Yeah. I liken it to um, copy on a paper where you need to have that adequate white space. Yeah. Otherwise, your brain can't um, uh, 
take in all of that information in that written text if there's not sufficient white space. Yeah. And I think that very much is a is a similarity to what you were saying. Yeah, um, micro-skilling and micro-credentialing is, is starting to really gain traction yeah. in the industry. I think post-COVID-19, it's really going to start expanding where we are going into a recession that yeah, is that is just inevitable it's a given um for a current statistics is that there is one job for every 12 people, people at yeah. the moment as of my research last night oh, wow. um even though the government is is you know the federal government spends about six billion dollars a year mm. on vocational education and training and and the funding for funded places is around four billion dollars a year it is quite substantial mm. What I think the economy is going to need is to have people who have those micro skills, um, to have those micro credentials. The micro credentials are really important because they actually identify all those transferable cross-sector skills, communication, Mm. leadership, those types of of characteristics. Uh, The micro skilling is learning exactly what you need to know for the particular job. It's extremely Mm cost-effective. It's um, easy to deliver. Um, It's in bite-sized chunks of information, which for adults, that's how we learn the best, is by getting some theory and then being able to put it into Mm -hmm. practice. Um, And there is an outcome at the end of the day for the person as well as for the employer. So I think there is very much going to be more of a focus on those micro skills and micro credentials rather than the university degree. Mm. Um, Recent studies actually show that um, there is an expiry date of skills and at this stage international researchers put a, a figure of six years. So every six years your skills are likely to become obsolete. So if you spend four years at university, you're only getting two Two years as you bang for your buck. Um, On average, we um, will have um, seven career, oh, sorry, five career changes in our life, and they will include 17 different jobs. Wow. Yeah, no, I'd be about there. (laughs) Yeah, I'm probably not far away either. And I think one of the um, some of the elements that make yourself and 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 others successful is those transferable cross industry yeah. skills. Yeah. Um, and those are skills that come with the individual. What is learnt is mm. a specific nature. So, for example, I recently had an association with an RTO that delivered automotive. Okay. I'm not a mechanic. No. Nope. No background in it whatsoever. But I didn't need to be Mm. because we had expert trainers and assessors who were delivering the training and the assessment. Mm. I learned a lot from them, but the confines of the RTO, the compliance needs, Mm -hmm. the staffing needs, all of those were exactly the same. So all of my skill sets that were transferable were able to go into that particular position. I find talking about the touching back on the marketing Mm -hmm. as well too, is that um, I really um, am sort of extremely disappointed by a lot of the marketing that Mm -hmm. is done within our sector. Yeah. Um, As I said, I think um, RTO senior executives and senior managers are great at what they do, but Mm -hmm. you really need to have a marketing and advertising expert. It's an investment 
Yeah, it is. Whether you bring somebody in or whether you outsource, it is an investment in the potential market. And if you're not investing in the front end, you can't expect to get a lot on the the back end. Well, and they often don't have... So they... It's been my experience, and we've worked with a couple of RTOs in our time, that when you go into that organisation, so I bring my marketing brain, which is really code for being able to speak human to human because mm-hmm. that's where we're different from a lot of other marketing agencies. But they often haven't spent time working out what that story is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so what what is the emotional context of my experience with your organization? What am I, how am I going to feel? What is it that you want me to feel? What is the journey that you're going to take me on? And how do you sum all of that up? Mm-hmm. And I think it's a um, huge opportunity. There are going to be some RTOs out there like there are a lot of other businesses that in this current environment, so when we're in a recession and everyone's fighting for the dollar, which is what mm-hmm. ostensibly people are telling us, there are two things that are going to be important. The relationships that you have with the people around you and, and how well you have stewarded your networks up to this point. So, you know, I liken it to how many favours do you have in the bank and mm-hmm. have you been making withdrawals every week? Yeah. I try not to make withdrawals unless I absolutely need to. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, that that thing about do I know what my story is? And as an organisation, does every member of my team understand which part of the story they're responsible for? So which sentence they're writing or which chapter or whatever it might look like. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, that's a really... Um, powerful position if you can get yourself as a business in if you can tick those two boxes so if the CEO or whoever it is the management team um, have robust networks and have stewarded them really well and if everyone understands the story that you're telling then you're an unstoppable force Mm. recessions don't really matter then absolutely and as you said it's really important that everybody understands what their place is in Adelaide it is very much proven that students recommend yeah training or training providers yeah um i have worked for a number of organizations where based on the success of what we've delivered students have recommended potential students so that we have actually had full bookings for two years down the track with almost no marketing or advertising because it is that personal recommendation Mm. and experience that is um, the most important element of marketing and social media really appeals now to you know the under 30s absolutely they spend uh, I'm sure you can probably clarify how much time they spent (laughs) on social media um, the likes the comments etc etc so your social media presence um, as you can well attest can make or break you yeah absolutely Um, and Google reviews can you know have a lasting impact on your potential market and South Australia in the RTO world we don't have an infinite market especially now with the fact that our international borders are still closed Um, you're a lot of training providers are now looking at the fact that they have no intakes for no and very little local intake and no overseas Mm. intake for pretty well the rest of this year Um, and even their onshore students who are now looking at do I pay my course fees do I pay rent and put food on my table Um, it's now even more important for the education providers to make sure 
that their social media presence is very ethical yeah. um, and is all and as you said humanistic you need mm. to touch that human element because at the moment I think students need that more than 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 ever at I think, this particular yeah, stage that's a really good point to end on in terms of I think all businesses in order to be successful have to care more about their end user or customer or um, you know my clients are my family really mm. so yeah you, you need to care about them that much yeah. because right now that's what's going to count and and moving down the track it will absolutely have an ongoing impact Kylie thank you very much for joining me on the thank red you chairs. so much okay. appreciate it very lovely on the red chairs Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> thanks thank you thank you for listening to the seriously social podcast see our website for more details at www.socialmediaaok.com.au slash podcast Check the show notes for credits, music used in the program and more details about our guests.